powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Hey, what's going on, IG? And uh, everybody, this is going to be, of course, replay on all of our platforms, all of the performing platforms, but come on in. It is uh, about 9.30 on Saturday night. 11.30 for my East Coast family. Do not forget, y'all, that we spring forward tonight. Can I get you to type that on the screen? Spring forward. Do not forget that we spring forward tonight. I encourage you to just do your clocks. Just do them now. Hey, Baltimore, I encourage you to just go ahead and do it now. But come on in. Hey, Aurora, let me know where you are watching from. Come on in tonight. We're going to do some Ask the Bishop. Listen, guys, I'm going to take five questions tonight. We're talking wounds. We're talking scars and, and meaning emotional wounds, emotional scars, things like that, uh, and group therapy. That's the series that we are in. So use the question button right below. Use the question uh, question mark button right below so you can submit your questions. I want to take your questions about anything related to um, um, scars, wounds, pain, betrayal, hurt, things that we go through, things that are part of life. French have a saying, c'est uh, la vie, uh, which means such is life or life is this. And, uh, and that's just part of life. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what it is that, uh, you know, that you do. You are going to deal uh, with wounds. You're going to deal with scars. You're going to deal with things like that. But guess what? You got this. Come on. Shalom. Good evening, everybody. Come on in. Hey, Naperville. Come on in. I know you're not used to seeing me on a Saturday night at this time, certainly. But... I wanted to make sure that I came on and uh, and just did a, did a quick live tonight, take some questions. So use that question mark feature below. I will take your questions. Thank you all. Listen, it is so in Denver, it is it's also on and off. Uh, and so uh, it um, to God be the glory has not. They said it was supposed to start last night. And but to God be the glory, it is not. I just looked out my window. It's not a whole lot going on out there. So to God be the glory. I need somebody to say thank you, Lord. Seriously. Um, I am not a fan of the snow, especially snowstorms that come on Wednesdays and Sundays. Listen, we got to get to church. Sundays are for church. I see the questions already starting to roll in. Use the question mark feature. I'm going to take your questions tonight. God bless you. God bless you. Y'all come on in. Let me know where you are watching from tonight. Again, I know you're not used to seeing me on this uh, time tonight, uh, but I just want to do a quick live. Hey, Aurora Shalom. Uh, to come to you uh, tonight and uh, just do, I like doing these Ask the Bishops. These are good. Thursday nights was really, really good. And um, and so if you missed it, you can go back and look at the replay on my IG or Bishop Forman YouTube or Bishop Forman Facebook. All right. And check that out. So come on in uh, and uh, we're going to do some Ask the Bishop tonight. I want to ask you this question just for everybody. Hey, Centennial. I want to ask this question to everybody that's on, everybody that will continue to come in. Let me ask you this. Um, did you ever see your, um, first of all, let me ask you this question. Are you familiar or can you recall the wound or, or the hurt that, that was the deepest for you? If you can't, just do the hand wave emoji. The wound or the hurt that was deepest for you. Just do that hand wave emoji if you can. Do that if you can recall that. My comments are coming through really, really super slow. Also, thank y'all. Listen, last week. I had to ask for somebody uh, uh, for their phone. It was me, all right? Uh, my phone was having this crazy issue. It would only ring once, 
And then it wouldn't even do a full ring. And then immediately go to voicemail. And I don't know how they fixed it because they didn't. I don't know how they fixed it. But all of a sudden, it just started working. So praise God for that. It wasn't a sound for update. I see several hands where you can identify that. Guys, I got space for two more questions. I'm only going to do five. So if you haven't put your question in, put that in. <clears throat> We're going to do that. These always get really good. I can also. Um, and and here's the deal. The reason I asked you that question is how many of you, and just be honest with me, you were Bishop Fulmer, so you know you can keep it real so we can heal. Uh, how many of you would say that you are not fully healed from that? If you would say that, just do the hand wave emoji. If you're like, I can identify it and I can also identify that I'm probably not fully healed from that. If you're not sure, um, just 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 say not sure. If you know you're not fully healed from it, do the hand wave emoji. If you're not sure, just say not sure. All right. Uh, and I'm going to tell you why this is so important, because tomorrow's message is going to be fire. I wish I had a lighter. Um, I don't. Um, how do I light my candles? I guess there is a light over there. Um, but it's all the way over there. Thank you. Thank you guys for your honesty. Not sure. Thank you so much for your honesty. Um, that's so important. Part of the healing process, whenever you've been wounded naturally, and I'm going to show you this tomorrow. I'm literally, I have a, a, a visual for you to see of this. Part of the healing process, whenever you're wounded naturally, natural things teach us spiritual principles. And part of the healing process is that as a scar begins to heal, it first turns into a wound. You already, as a, or excuse me, as a wound begins to heal, it first turns into a scar, inverted the words. When a wound begins to heal, the first thing it turns into is a scar. And that scar always has stronger tissue. I mentioned this on Thursday night. It has fibrous tissue, stronger tissue than the normal skin. So if your skin, I used to have a scar right here from uh, my watch and, um, and my watches would always kind of bump up against it. And so this skin, it was just, it was a very rough, it was rough skin right here because it was always agitated. Uh, thank you for honestly, not sure. Um, and so, because it was always agitated, and um, and you can see the difference, and you can kind of even still see it a little bit. Uh, you can kind of see it right there, um, the, the, a little bit there. But the skin was different than the skin around um, the place that where it wounded and then scarred. Um, and what was amazing about that is that skin was so much tougher. It's so much tougher um, than the skin around it. And one of the things that I want, uh, and I'm going to teach you tomorrow in tomorrow's message, 9.15 and 11.15 a.m. Mountain Time. Um, that's 11.15 and 1.15 Eastern Time. I encourage you, if you're in Denver, get to the building. If not, um, you can watch. As of right now, church will proceed as normal. Um, make sure you have our app because if anything changes, if, if if we get a bunch of, you know, if it's, you know, you can't travel in the morning or whatever, you know, we'll communicate that through our app. And do not worry. I got you covered. The word will still be fresh. Everything will still be good. I got you covered. All right. As a shepherd, I want I made sure that um, we I prepared uh, just in case we were unable to do that. But the first thing that happens is your wound turns into a scar. And that's normal, which means you can still see where you were wounded. You ready? For some of you, it's not that you're not healed. It's just that you can still see the scar. Did you hear what I just said? You can still see that this is an area in my life that's different than other areas. Come on. This is an area that's different. This is an area that I pay more attention to. This is an area that I look at differently because part of the wound, or the healing process, my pleasure, part of the wounding process or the healing process is that my wound turns into a scar. Did y'all hear what I just said? That's worth the whole live right there. Right. 
you, sometimes you think you're not healed from it because you, you pay attention to it. Um, you know, I can pay attention to this and see it, but this is, this is healed. The scar is just revealing to me that there's strength there. The scar is just revealing to me that that was once a place that's wounded. So that natural thing teaches us something spiritual. I hit my five questions. Actually, I got more than five, so I'm going to start answering those. And so the reason I ask the question is because sometimes there are things in your life where you you pay more attention to it. Like if you were ever um, if you were ever wounded by family, for example, you pay a, you pay close attention to family stuff now. It doesn't necessarily mean you're not healed from it. It just means there's a scar there. But your scars reveal your strength. Your scars reveal your story. Are y'all hearing me tonight? That skin is stronger than the other skin. That is so good to me. What I love about the healing process is that that skin is stronger than the skin around him. That area, you're stronger there. I need somebody to type on this thing tonight. I'm stronger. Even if you're watching this on a replay, I'm stronger. I'm stronger, I'm stronger, I'm stronger. Um, you're literally stronger there. Um, and so sometimes you can say, oh, I'm, I'm broken, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's not the case. You were, but now you're healed. And part of that healing process is there's a scar there. That's natural. Did you hear what I said? That's natural. That is natural. That is, it's supposed to be there so that you can see your strength. I'm gonna back that thing up and say it again. The skin is different. So you can see your strength. So because for many of you, you you say this about yourself. And if I'm telling the truth, do that hand wave emoji for me. For many of you, here's what you do. For many of you, what you do is you will you will say, oh, I'm just so blank. And it's a negative thing. Oh, I'm just so blank. And it's a negative thing. And the problem is you are not that at all. You're, there's just a scar there. And that scar is supposed to be there so you can see that that skin is stronger. The scar is supposed to be there. You're supposed to see what you overcame. Shut your mouth tonight. God, this is good to me. You And y'all know I don't mean literally shut your mouth. It's just figures reason. You're supposed to see what you overcame. You're supposed to see what you beat. You're supposed to see what didn't kill you. You're, are y'all listening to me? You're supposed to see it. That is a natural part of the healing process. You're, suppo you're supposed to see that being cheated on didn't kill you. Who am I talking to? You're supposed to see that having somebody steal money from you didn't stop you. Who am I talking to? You're supposed to see what you beat. It's built that way. It's literally built that way. The scarring process is part of the healing process. And it's supposed to be that way. It's supposed to happen that way. Can I just get some of you to type that? I'm supposed to see it. I'm supposed to see it. It's not that many areas, sometimes you say you're not healed. It's not that you're not healed. You're supposed to see the scars. Some of you have natural scars. Have natural scars. Uh, you're supposed to see it so you can see what you beat. So you can see what you overcame. So you can see what you conquered, right? It is not that you are, and, and watch me, and you have wisdom in that area. The scripture says, um, that if you see a wise person, Ecclesiastes, what did I open up the series of Ecclesiastes 1, if you, uh, 118, um, that wisdom comes through grief. I'm supposed to see that I'm scarred there because that reveals a place where there once was a wound, but part of the natural healing process is now I'm, there's a scar and the scar is stronger, but I'm supposed to see it. I'm supposed to see that you didn't let, um, today I was uh, helping 
pastor navigate through um, uh, a, a very trying situation. And um, and as we were navigating through that situation, there were some 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 things that, that you know that um, that were happening in that situation, and uh, and I thought to myself, okay, it just boom, we got to deal with that, and we got to keep it moving. We got to deal with that. Got to keep it moving. Got to deal with that. We got to keep it moving um, because this is a, it's a wound now, but it's going to become a scar, and that scar you're supposed to see it. Um, in our modern culture, particularly American culture, when we see scars, we want to get moisturizer. You ready? Because we want it to look like we were never wounded. But if it looks like it was never wounded, that means it's returned to the same level of strength it was before. It's supposed to look different so that it's stronger. That's a whole word. Let me do some of these questions tonight. Guys, if you haven't shared me, can you share me tonight? I know you're not used to seeing me on a Saturday night, um, but uh, I'm going to bring up some questions. Let's go. Um, boom, 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 boom. Here we go. Why does the pain go so deep? Um, you know, some pain doesn't affect you very deeply at all. Some pain can affect you very deeply. It really depends upon areas where there's sensitivity um, or areas where there's great vulnerability. You will always feel pain will always go deeper where you're more vulnerable. I'm going to say it again. Pain will always go deeper where you're more vulnerable. Think of vulnerability as like um, I, right now I have on a hoodie um, and, 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 and a shirt. And so um, that's covered. If, if, if I was to not be covered, um, I probably could have came up with a different analogy, but that's all right. You'll go with me. If I was to not be covered. Um, then there would be a heightened level of vulnerability, which means the pain would be there. So that means if somebody takes this pen and does this to me, well, it, it's it's hitting my outer covering. You got it? Somebody took a knife, it's going to hit the outer covering. But if, if that covering is removed and there's vulnerability, it's going to go direct to my skin, direct to my flesh. So the pain will be more acute. The pain will go deeper because I was vulnerable. So whenever pain goes deep, it means you were very vulnerable. And can I tell you, can I tell you something? You ready for this? You, if you were wounded when you were vulnerable, listen to me, it does not mean that you were unwise. I'm going to say it again. If you were wounded when you were vulnerable, it does not necessarily mean you were unwise. What it often means is that you have revealed to yourself just how deep your love can go. Y'all better say something to me. You have revealed to yourself just how deep your love can go. Um, and you need to thank God for the people who in your past who wounded you when you were vulnerable because they showed you how deep you can love. Like, 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 can I, can I say this? Can I say this? Um, there are some people that you love that if we're honest, weren't even at your level. Um, and it showed you that you have the ability to love deeply. Don't even be mad. Just be like, wow, you taught me that I could love stuff from the gutter. Come on. You taught me that I could love, um, that I could love at a deep level. Like, don't even be mad about it. It's a scar. But I need somebody to say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, y'all share this. Share, 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 share. This is good. It's going to replay. All right. Like, don't even be mad. Like, you were vulnerable and somebody took that information and then shared it with somebody else and they weren't supposed to do that. Like, don't even be mad. You know what you need to do is say, I just learned that I can that I could survive you using something confidential and you weaponized it. Did you hear what I just said? You survived somebody weaponizing information. And he said, thank you. 
You say thank you. And so your scar is, listen, if, listen, if, listen, here, here's why you don't have fear. I promise you tomorrow's message is you cannot miss it. All right. Here's why that's so powerful. Um, if you survive somebody weaponizing your secret, then you never have to be afraid of the truth. Did you hear what I just said? If you survive somebody weaponizing private information that you gave them, right, then you never have to feel the truth. Why? You survived it. All right. And I'm just using that as an example. Right. I just need somebody to say I survived it. And there's a scar there. But the scar is a natural part of the healing process. It's supposed to be there. You're supposed to see it so you can see your strength. All right, let's move to this next question. That is good, right? All right, um, let's see. Why does the pain from a father, father figure hurt so much and why is it so hard to heal from? Great question. Um, so, you know, so it it, it says, um, it says, um, when you talk about the pain from a father or father figure, why does it hurt so much and hard to heal from? Because the word father means life giver. The word father means life giver. So whenever there is a wound there, it's like an umbilical cord to an unborn baby. Um, there's there's something that's supposed to feed and provide life that, that has been severed. Um, and so that can be very difficult. Um, that's why. Um, and so that's number one. Number two, to my father figure, it's the same thing because a person may not necessarily have the, that position, right? Officially, they may not necessarily be your father, but that you may revere them in that way and honor them in that way and treat them that way. And so it is the same effect to you emotionally. It's the same effect to you psychologically. And so consequently, it's the same um, in terms of how you handle it. Um, anybody ever had that type of pain on? Would you just do the hand wave emoji? Ever had pain from a father or father figure? Would you just wave at me if you've ever had that? Do that hand wave emoji if you've ever had that. Um, here's the facts. It, 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 it is a pronounced pain, but the truth is if you study the Bible, you'll see that it has happened forever, forever. Um, it is, it is a, it is something that is a, a part of the course of many people's lives. Um, it is not just um, something that's endemic to one community, uh, especially in America. It is a majority where there is some kind of fractured or strained relationship. That's why that's why there's so many disorderly and dishonorable and disrespectful and out of order and ratchet uh, stuff going on today because the last few generations have been the unfathered generations. Did you hear what I just said? The last few generations have been the unfathered generations. And there's so many levels to that, right? That we could go in that we won't, um, that go through history and particular uh, ethnic groups, et cetera. We won't go to that, but here's what I'll say. Um, here's what I'll say is that pain can be very um, deep, that pain because it's like an umbilical cord that's being severed. And that umbilical cord, that umbilical cord is doing what? It's providing nutrients. It's, uh, uh, you know, like from a mother to a child. And so when you sever that, the word father means life giver. When you sever that, there are things that that person is missing. This is why a person can grow up. It, it always amazed me. A person can grow up and not uh, have had their, their biological father in their life. And then years later, like go on this quest in this search to find a man, to talk to a man, to often get to that man and say, oh, my God, I'm so glad that the Lord protected me from that man. Anybody ever heard stories like that? Um, it's amazing to me. 
because there's this quest to find the other part of the umbilical cord. Do you hear what I'm saying? So the reason it can hurt so much is because because it's it's an identity. One of the things fathers do that's different than a teacher. This is why the Apostle Paul teaches this principle of spiritual fathering in First Corinthians chapter four. Um, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I've begotten you in the gospel. He says, he asserts himself as their spiritual father. He says, I'm not just your pastor. I'm not just your bishop. He says, I'm your spiritual father. My job is to give you life. That's one of the reasons I bake it into the culture of ours, for example. We don't call them sermons. We call them life-giving messages, fathering messages. It's built in. Um, so that every time the word's coming forth, it's giving identity. Every time the word comes forth, it is giving it is giving life, right? That's the whole concept. Um, but in all of that, one of the things um, that happens there, he creates this concept. Or, or, or I shouldn't say he creates, he doesn't create it. He illuminates this concept. Of, uh, the concept that predated that. You saw it with Samuel. You saw it with Elijah, um, most notably. Um, you saw it with all of the prophets. So a father teaches identity. A, uh, a teacher teaches tasks. But a father gives identity. A father says, this is who you are. A teacher says, this is how you do it, right? When you know who you are, it automatically changes what you do. So this is why this is such an important concept because when you know who you are, it automatically changes what you do. But when you've only been taught to do things, you still don't know who you are. So there is this quest to figure out, well, who am I? I know how to do these things, but I don't know who I am, right? I'm blocking my face, but y'all get it? So that's why um, there can be such um, such trauma in that area and so many wounds and pains. Um, the reason it can be difficult to heal from if it, is it, if, if it continues to reoccur, right? So if the thing that created the wound basically continues to happen over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Um, and sometimes that happens because there's never been an articulation of what has happened. Sometimes that happens because there has never been, when you do not know, I, I can only speak to this from a spiritual father's perspective, where I have poured into, developed, loved, shaped, all of that individuals. And in many of those instances, what can happen um, is that an individual, um, if it's real for me, but it's only, but it's only just church talk for them, Right. Then, then it then it creates a real challenge, because then when it when there comes a time to bring direction, to bring clarity, to bring correction, then it, those things um, which were once celebrated and received are now treated as something different than that. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? So I can always, I can speak to it from that perspective, and frankly, I can speak to it to the other from the other perspective too. But that's why those wounds hurt so deeply many times because they begin to reoccur. Um, and at the end of the day, for somebody, I want to say this and then I want to move to the next question. Um, <clears throat> you need to not see whatever challenges you experience from a father or father figure. Don't see that as rejection. You need to see it as protection. You need to see it as protection. You need to see it as protection. Um, there was something that you needed to be protected from that God was protecting you from. For every single mom, please do not date a man. Let's go here. Do not date a man just so your kids have a father figure or some man to look up to. Um, don't let that be the main reason. Because at the end of the day, you can do more damage and hurt to their view of a man, to their view of a man. I remember... Um, a, um, a, 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 a friend who I had grown up with, 
had a son. She had gone through some, some, some challenges in relationships. And she says, Bishop, um, she says, he has always respected you and always honored you. And, um, and I just want you to, 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 to mentor him. I said, okay. I said, I will do it, but here are my terms. I said, one, uh, and in fact, at one point I had asked, I said, let, I said, let me pour in him. I said, he's smart. He's gifted. He's anointed. I said, there's so many things. Let me pour into him. And then there was all, you know, all these relational things that the mother was going through. And so then years later, the mother came and, uh, and said, you know, he's always done that. I said, I will do that. I said, but on this condition, I said, I'm consistent. I said, so I'm going to teach him consistency and I'm going to show him consistency. I said, so this is how we'll do this. You know, um, they didn't live in, in the area. I said, this is how we're going to do this. This is how we're going to approach it. This is how we're going to go about it. And in that particular instance, she, she, um, she, I said, because I do not want, if I listen, I said, I do not want him. I do not want you to become inconsistent. And then he think that I'm like these sorry men that he's seen. It's quiet on this chat tonight. I know I'm talking, but it's quiet. It's quiet. Hey, DC, it's quiet on this chat tonight. I said, I can't have you being inconsistent and him thinking that I am like these inconsistent, sorry men that he's seen. I said, because that's not one. Number one, that's not who I am. And I said, and number two, I said, you're going to do more damage to him if you keep parading these different men in front of him and, you know, in hopes of, of somebody finally doing right. And so um, she said, oh, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Then at the end, she said, well, let me pray about it. I said, pray about it. I said, what are you talking about? You asked me to do it. And I'm agreeing to do it. I just said, I gave you terms to make sure that you're consistent. And uh, unfortunately, her, her choice, you know, in that situation was just not that she could commit to that consistency. So she agreed to do it. And then when she agreed to do it, um, that then, then she didn't do it. She was inconsistent. And I said, listen, I will not do more damage to him because of your inconsistencies. Um, I said, because that's what that's going to do to him. And that's not even what the situation is. And so what I will say is there's a, there's a series I did called Sons of the Prophets. I encourage everybody to grab that. You can get our online store, I think. Um, but I know you can get on our YouTube and our podcast because I think it'll really speak a lot of life um, to that area for everybody. But I know I gave a long answer, but does that help? Does that answer your question? All right, guys, just a few more questions. We're going to get these questions answered. Here we go. This is question number three. When your friend breaks your trust. Ooh, that's so good. So guys, later on in this series, I'm doing um, some messages about help. I have trust issues. How many of you have trust issues? Y'all y'all talk to me. Wave at me or say I do. If you know you have, thanks for saying it. If you know you have some trust issues. Some of you, and I'm going to teach you this later on in the series. It is not that you um, don't trust people. You just don't trust people with you. All right. You just don't trust people with you. All right. I see several. I do. How do you? That's a good question. So that's a great question. I only got time for five of them, but I'm going to do a few more of these and I want to get I'll get that one in. Just make sure you use the question mark feature so that I can get it in and bring it up on the screen. Uh, I see several. I do. Um, I remember years and years ago, uh, a pastor friend of mine, he said, Bishop, he said, you know, you're interesting. I said, why did you say that? He said, it's not that you don't trust people. I said, no, I don't. I, I trust people. He said, you just don't trust very many people with you. And, and I, here's what I said. I said this. I said, because I know I won't let me down. I said, because I know I'm going to give me 100%. I said, but people, sometimes you don't know. Um, sometimes you don't know. That's just the way it works. And I said, 
Um, so I said, but it's not that I don't trust. It's that I test before I trust. Come on here, y'all. And for some of you, your, your real issue is not that you have a trust issue. You have a faulty testing system. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? It's not that you have a trust issue. What's going on, Pastor? Um, it's not that you have a trust issue. You have a faulty testing system. Like you do not test people before you trust them. So consequently, what ends up happening is, is that you'll say you don't trust anybody, but that's because you don't test anybody. People instantly have, uh, instantly have all access, all access to you, to your space, to your, to everything about you. And so you can never fully trust what you don't test. So for many of you, you don't really have a trusting issue. You have a testing issue. You never test anybody to get to a place where you can trust them. You just bring them in and you automatically, boom, here you go. And you're hoping they do well. And listen, listen to this. Schools don't, colleges don't do that. Uh, you can't become a doctor without a test. You can't become a lawyer without taking the bar exam. Are you getting what I'm saying? You, you, you cannot get into college without taking a standardized test. You cannot graduate, sir, uh, matriculate beyond certain levels in school without taking a test. And so for many people, you say you have trust issues. You don't have a trust issue. You have a test issue. You do not test. You do not test. You do not see if people follow through. It's quiet on this chat tonight. I know y'all ain't used to me being on here on no Saturday night, but this is good. All right. You literally don't you, you, you don't do anything to see. Are they consistent? Are they do they keep their word? Um, do do they talk about other people when they talking to you? Let's go. Come on. One of the biggest red flags for me. We're going to go here. All right. I'm going to do these last two questions and then we out. And this will replay on. It'll be posted to IG, but it'll replay on all the Bishop platforms at probably tomorrow, Monday, one or two. Probably tomorrow or Monday because tomorrow we got 9.15, 11.15, 4 o'clock, 6 o'clock. Um, but let me say this. Uh, one of the biggest things that's a red flag for me in dealing with people is when people, when they come around me and they talk negatively about other people, right? Because I don't, I don't move like that. That's not how I move. I don't, I don't, anybody else like that? Like, I don't move like that. Like, they talk negatively. I'm not talking about commentary. I'm not talking about observation. Like, the, the first thing they do is they begin to talk negatively about other people, all right? So guess what? And for me, fail test. And what I mean by that, and let me give context to that. I'm not talking about like if, you know, I've been a coaching session with someone or something like that. I am talking about if I'm interacting with someone, it's a potential friend, potential colleague, potential business partner, whatever it may be. One of the first things I pay attention to is that if you come around me talking negative about somebody else, flag, that's a test, right? And so for some of you, you get like, I can't believe they talking trash about me, baby. They talked trash when they met you about some about their last friend. Okay? For those of you who date, be careful when people come around you and their ex is the devil. Like they, they, they did this and 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 they did this. Okay, there may be truth in that. But if you never hear them say anything about, and I learned this. Why are y'all so quiet tonight? I learned this about myself. I did this. I was wrong for that. I should have never said this. I should have never did that. I, if they don't ever take any ownership of anything they did, but they ex is the devil, I'm telling you, you their next victim. Why is it so quiet on here tonight? Huh? You are their next victim. They coming for you. All right? All right. So, um, 
when your friend breaks your trust, so that's what I was talking about, and says, I told your secret so they can pray for you. Is it wrong? Yes. With a star at the end. It's wrong with an asterisk is what it's called at the end. So here's why. They should never, um, th that, that trust shouldn't be broken. Where, are there instances where I could see that trust being broken and it being appropriate? One, um, if they are speaking to someone that is your superior, your pastor, um, I could see the trust being broken in that instance. And, and, and the reason for that is because your pastor, the scripture says that's the overseer of your soul, your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. Um, so that would be appropriate um, in that instance. Um, you know, um, that would be appropriate. I could see that happening uh, and that'd be appropriate because of what the scripture says. Um, if you were, you know, contemplating hurt, hurting yourself, your children, uh, a loved one, you know, even an enemy, um, I could see there being a reason for that. And your question, you says, you say, and they say they told your secrets that somebody can pray for you. Is that wrong? It sounds like they told, and, and I'm going to use this term, y'all go with me. It sounds like they told a regular person um, so that a regular person could pray for you. And all they needed to say is, hey, let's pray for so-and-so. Let's do that. Let's pray for so-and-so. And what were we praying about? We're just praying for him. You know, God, we're gonna pray. the Lord knows the situation and God's going to deal with it. All right. Can I be honest? Some Christians are very gossipy and messy, but that's just because people are gossipy and messy. And so for some people, when they get a juicy piece of information, they want to go serve it up. And so sometimes the best thing to do, like, like, again, here's your test. So you saw that. So now here's the deal, Joanna. What you have to do is you have to be careful that if you can't do the same thing twice and expect a different result. That's the technical definition of insanity. And I need some of y'all to type, I'm not insane. Type that on the screen. I'm not insane. All right. What is insanity? I'm doing the same thing, expecting a different result with no evidence that the result will be different. I added that caveat at the end. Because there's a level of faith, to be honest with you, there's a level of faith that has some nuance of insanity to it. Right? There's a level of faith that has some, and what do you mean by that, Bishop? A level of faith that has some nuance and insanity. Because like God says, you know, say to this mountain, be thou removed. Mountain is a metaphor for a difficult thing and call it uh, and tell it to be removed and cast into the sea. Um, it is implied that you will keep doing it until you see the difficult thing move. Um, Elisha tells the king, strike the ground and keep striking the ground. And as you strike the ground, you will have victory. Um, you know, you see things like that where, where you can do your persistent and that persistence is based on something that the word of God says that gives you the belief that this should be persistent. in. So I just want to teach that appropriately. That being said, is that wrong based on what the information you're saying? It is. It is. It tells you I can't trust this person. So you shouldn't trust them. If you trust them, that's on you. All right. I think that was is that question three or four? I'm just doing five questions tonight. Is this helping anybody on tonight? On tonight. That's church talk. On tonight. Is this helping anybody? On tonight. Um, I know y'all are not, like I said, used to send me on a, on a uh, Saturday night. And I need Instagram to quit messing with my metrics and my numbers and let my audience see stuff. All right. That was number three. Okay. Someone says that's three. Someone says that's four. All right. Here we go.
Let's see. Or I've done one, two. Okay, I've done three. Okay, so so now we're going to number four. Here we go. My pleasure. Here's number four. Trauma affects everyone differently. How can you gauge coping to keep from popping? Snap, crackle, and pop. She said, I'm going to snap, crackle, and pop um, in a bad way. Um, you're correct about that. Um, I'd say three things to deal with this. How can you gauge coping? Um, if you easily get emotionally, emotional, and one particular emotion, anger, um, then that means that, you know, you need to examine how you cope. Anger is a signal emotion, which means you're, ang you're never normally angry about what you're angry about. Like, you're not angry about the situation, you're angry about something else. Like, you may be angry that your phone's not working, but really what you're angry about, you're not really angry about the phone, you're angry about the fact that your communication is impeded, right? You're angry about the fact that now you have to divert time and attention to that. So you know, it's the phone's not the issue, the issue is the, the substratum of, of what's happening, all right? So anger is a signal emotion that you have got to, got to, got to examine your coping. Um, and, and in that coping, remember, um, you want to cope in a way that's going to actually help solve the problem uh, or a productive way. So how do you diffuse that anger? Go on a walk, go on a jog, go work out, drink some water, read the word, you know, this is some praise and worship, listen to a message. Um, you want to do something productive with that anger. I have learned how to chat. You're ready for this. Can I get you to put this? I have learned how to channel my anger into action. So what I do, part of my coping is I take my anger and I immediately challenge it or channel it rather into action. So I may be angry for a few minutes, but I'm about to, I'm going to take some action that's going to move me forward. Some of the biggest decisions um, or the biggest progress, not decisions, but some of the biggest progress I've made has come behind anger. I got angry and so I said, mm -mm, mm -mm. let's make some progress because I'm going to take all this energy and get some stuff done. All right. So I hope that answers that question for you. And there's one more I'm going to take. I see more coming in, but I'm only going to do five. That's one, two, three, four. Um, and let's go here. How can I, so it's not going to show the full question, so I'm going to need you to tell me what the rest of the question says. It says, how can I get my focus when there are distractions around me? Do I pray about it? Yes. Or how do I make myself sit down and be quiet? And there's more to the question. Can you type the rest of that for me while I'm answering the first part? You can always come back and look at it. Um, how can I get my focus when there are distractions around me? Great, 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 great question. Um, focus is simply... Um, think of it this way. Focus is simply concentrated thinking. That's focus. Concentrated thinking. Um, concentrated thinking. If I was doing this and trying to type an email and trying to send a text at the same time, that is not concentrated thinking. So what focus is, is concentrated thinking. What focus says is I am putting my energy and my attention on one thing at one time. Contrary to popular belief, many people think, how many people do you think you're a great multitasker? Wave at me. I'm going to teach you something about multitasking. How many people do you think you're a great multitasker? Wave at me. Wave at me. Then we're done. Uh, here, once I do with this last question, we're going to drop that net though. How many of you think you're great? I ain't seeing no hands. I don't see any hands coming out. All right, now they're coming in. All right, here we go. My comments are delayed. So most people think they're great multitaskers. Here's the truth. Your, your mind actually isn't, you ready for this? 
you're not actually multitasking. What they tell us uh, in, in, in the study of the mind is they, they tell us and they theorize that really you are only focused on one thing uh, in terms of concentrated thinking. What happens is that in your mind, your mind literally, while you think you're multitasking, you're only focused on one thing, your mind simply doesn't think about that particular task at that particular time. It's kind of like on a computer screen where you have windows up. Now, you can have windows in the background, but there's only one window that's up in the front. It's really interesting. You should study multitasking um, because many times you think you're amazing at multitasking. And let me, let me just give you some examples of how we deceive ourselves. But you'll leave your keys somewhere. Who's done that? You'll leave your phone somewhere. Who's done that? You will, uh, you will send an email before you finish typing it. Who's done that? Y'all talk to me. You will uh, not hit send. I am notorious for not hitting send on a text. I am notorious for it. I got a text right now sitting right here on my computer. I did not hit send to earlier. Like you, we're notorious for that. Um, notorious. Um, you'll do that type of a thing. Um, you will forget to call somebody. You will you will be taking a shower and say, "Ooh, I need to do this when I get out the shower," and not remember until the next day. Like so, when you really begin to study your mind, you really discover that um, we think we're amazing multitaskers, and the truth is, um, your mind really only can concentrate its focus on one thing, conscious mind, on one thing at a time. All right. That being said, um, when there are distractions around you, what you have to do is you have to. Find what gives you that focus. For some people, that's turning music on. For some people, that's turning music off. For some people, that is you need a dark space. For some people, you need a lot of light. Um, for me, personally, um, believe it or not, when I am, um, there are certain things I love to have music playing in the background when I'm doing something. There are other things, music is a total distraction and I can't pay attention. Sometimes, even the type of music, um, uh, you know, um, you know, the beat, the feel, those types of things um, can affect that, can affect my focus. I also realize sometimes one of the things uh, when you're a leader and you make a lot of decisions, you can suffer from something. And then I'm going to wrap this up called decision fatigue, where you make a lot of decisions. And when your job is to make decisions. You can have decision fatigue. So it's difficult to focus when you have a lot of decisions that you've made because your mind is like, we are wore out from all of these decisions. So you're trying to focus on something. Your mind is like, mm -mm, not doing it. So what you have to do is you have to figure out what type of environment brings you focus. Music, no music. Light, no light. Do it on a computer, sitting at a notepad. What environment brings you focus? That's number one. Number two, number two, I see you, Tina, me too. Number two, um, yes, you pray. Um, but maybe your focus doesn't come from sitting down. Y'all ready? My focus when I'm on the phone comes from standing up and walking around. Sitting down on a phone call, I am totally unfocused. All right? I know I'm giving y'all all my business. huh? But people like the man of God's business. <laughs> all right? Um, I, when I am on the phone and I'm focused on the conversation, I am up walking around. I cannot sit down. Like even in my office, my office, the phone is over. So my desk is like here. The, my phone is over here um, on purpose. Um, and when I'm on that, like I rarely do I pick up the phone and talk on the phone. 
for like if it's like 60 seconds i will do that other than that i put it on speaker and i'm up walking around my office i can sitting down on a phone call oh my god it's just like oh god right i gotta walk and the conversation is real good when i didn't walk through every room in my house but i didn't walk all through my office all through my corridor all through the, my suite, all through there. When I didn't done all that, that conversation is amazing, right? Um, but I cannot just sit down. I can't focus sitting down on a phone call, right? Um, so that's what I have to do. Um, I, you know, um, that's what I have to do, right? So some, somebody asked me one time, they said, Bishop, how's your phone always dying? I said, because when I'm on the phone, I am not sitting on the charger. I have to get up and move around. Okay, so you have to do that. All right. So and then the rest of the question, the rest of the question, relates. what's the rest of the question? I can't see the rest of it. It just cuts off for me. So I don't know if you typed it or not, but th those are some tips to how you can focus. All right. Listen, guys, real quick, if you're on tonight and you're not a Christian, you are not watching this tonight. I do not normally go live on a Saturday night. If you are on, uh, I get through picking my pens. Yes. Yes, I get it. When I'm just sitting there, like, oh, I just I just can't do it. If you're on tonight, you're not a Christian. Tonight's your night to give your life to the Lord. You're not watching this by accident. I don't normally come on Saturday nights at 10 o'clock Mountain Time. Secondly, if you're giving your life to the Lord, you've not been faithful to him. Recommit yourself to the Lord. You're not watching this by accident. And finally, my bishop, I don't know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure tonight. And become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure. On three, can I get you to do that hand wave emoji or say, it's me? No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. But I just want to make sure I don't end this before giving you an opportunity to come to the Lord. One, two, three. If that's you, respond right now. Do that hand wave emoji or say, it's me right now. We just did some Ask the Bishop tonight. And uh, we were talking about wounds and scars and all of that tonight. But if you need to come to the Lord, I don't want to hop off of here without giving you that opportunity tonight. Um, so many people have given their lives to the Lord already this year. And I want to make sure on March the 13th when I'm doing this live, if that's you, that you can come to the Lord tonight. Do that hand wave emoji. Says me. I'm waiting on you. Five, four. It's my pleasure, Danielle. Three, two, one. I am waiting on you. Here's what happens. Normally when we start praying, that's when people start responding. So we're going to still pray tonight. Um, this week alone, I, I forget the number. I want to say like, I want to say like 13 or 14 people, something like that this week. I, um, I, I don't remember the exact number. I've given their lives to the Lord. So to God be the glory for that. Everybody pray this me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Say, thank you for your love for me. Say, thank you for not giving up on me. I confess my sin before you. You are my Lord and my Savior, and I love you. Give me the grace. Come on, y'all say it with me, to run this race. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, recommitted yourself to the Lord on the live, on the replay, on IGTV, I want you to text the word decision to 55498. When you do that, we're going to shoot your text right away to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and access a hobby. There was a, a question that came in that was connected to the one that I just saw. It wasn't It wasn't the other part of your question, but it was connected to it. And I want to actually pull it up uh, and we'll end with this. This is Bishop, time management tips. Yes, I've shared things like this before, but uh, these are things that will help you immensely. These are things that will help you immensely. Um, number one, you ready? Number one um, is everything gets scheduled. Everything gets scheduled. Everything gets scheduled. 
Most people mismanage time because they think they have more of it than they do. All right, everything gets scheduled. When you eat breakfast, gets scheduled. When you eat lunch, gets scheduled. When you go to break, gets scheduled. When you, everything gets scheduled. Everything gets scheduled, that's number one. Um, your calendar is, is your most important tool. You schedule everything. And this helps you to focus. Like some people can't focus because they don't schedule. I schedule my workouts, I schedule my meals, I schedule, I schedule everything. I schedule time for phone calls. I schedule, like I, I have scheduled time for like follow-ups to maintain and keep relationships with colleagues and pastors and friends, different things. I schedule that time. Everything is scheduled. Second thing is you maximize free time. What does that mean? When you're driving, that's a great time to return calls. Okay, I'm saying that, don't look at the phone. I'm saying, you know, use your car phone. All right, all right, all right. That is so important. Use that as a time to return calls. It's, it's unwise to return calls um, unless you need to be sitting in front of a computer or sitting in front of information. And then even that, print it out so that you can have it, you know, and, you know, uh, um, uh, you know uh, and if you need to refer to it or something like that, but you schedule everything. Number two, you maximize free time. You ready for this? Number three, stop saying you don't have enough time. And I'll let that be the last one. Most people say, I do not have enough time. That's not true. You do. You just don't manage it. Okay? You do. You have enough time. Uh, and, and here's what people do. Oh, but you got, you know, but I got kids. And so what? So do many other people. Oh, but I got a job. So do other people. Oh, but I got ministry. So do other people. All right? Listen, if I told you what my schedule looked like on a day, I'm going to tell you. Here we go. Let's go here and then we're done. Is this helping anybody? Let's go here and we're done. So um, I have my own, my spiritual disciplines, right? Prayer, worship, my spiritual disciplines. Number two, I have uh, a fitness, workouts, all right? Um, all of that. Um, and I don't just go in there and be, you know, playing around. I go in there and get work done, all right? I have a project. It's, uh, I, I ain't going to tell you what it's called. Uh, I will later, but, uh, but I have a project for my body. It's called Project Such and Such Body because I have a project in mind where I have a new goal, a new fitness goal. I lost 95 pounds, praise God for that, but now I have a new fitness goal. And I told the people around me, I started February 2nd, I said I have a fitness goal and I have not missed. Today, they tried to mess with me and close the gyms earlier talking about inclement weather. I said, what are you talking about, this rain? Ain't no snow out here, what are y'all talking about? Um, so I have to make up, I have to do today's workout another day, but, but I have my workout. Um, my meals are, are planned. Um, I, I use the same principle I just told you when I'm doing my phone calls. I have my pastoral duties. I have a, the administrative aspect of ministry um, to, for the business aspect of that. Um, that piece is there. We are in the midst of doing a new location in Atlanta. That is a tremendous amount. I have a great team um, that makes it, but I have a tremendous amount of stuff that goes into that. Guys, we've had over 9,200 people apply, initial applicants for our staff. Much smaller percentage move forward to the next stage and a much, much smaller percentage move to the next stage. Um, that's been a lot of people. I have literally done over the last several months hundreds and hundreds of interviews with individuals in building um, my, um, my Atlanta team. To God be the glory for that. That's a lot of time, though. Um, in addition to that, I have all of my political influence things. That deals with uh, uh, influencing uh, bills and 
um, um, uh, you know, advising those that are doing, you know, in those different things. There's a particular thing we're working on now um, for some legislation we want to introduce as it relates to specifically for African-Americans. So we have all of that. Um, and so I have all of that that happens. Uh, I am the parliamentarian for the Greater Metro Denver Ministerial Alliance. I have that. I am a bishop. Um, so overseeing pastors and leaders. Um, I think the Harvest Leadership Network now is just shy of 100, I think. Um, and actually, that's a reduction of the number. The number used to be a lot higher because we had a lot of bishops and apostles and things that would join my network. And when they join the network, then I would be over all those churches too. But because I couldn't properly serve all of that, we reduced that number dramatically and changed the whole orientation of the network so that uh, I could better, um, we could be more efficient in that. So we have that responsibility. Um, while I am a man of God and in authority, I am subject to authority. Um, and so there are various things that um, come with that. Um, I have to be a mediator and jump into situations with pastors and some of their situations. I have to jump into that. Um, so can I go on and on and on and on and on? Um, and there's so, there's so much more. I'll just stop right there. There's so much more uh, that goes on with that. Um, you know, you deal with people, right? And I love people, but sometimes people can you know, introduce some unique challenges. The Aurora campus, we're doing this full rebrand and remodel. We took over a particular project and we brought it in-house for our, uh, for our uh, production systems upgrade. So we brought that project in-house because we kept running into challenges with that. So we have that project running simultaneously. There, I mean, there's, and I know I'm forgetting, there's like a million other things that I have not listed out. Actually, I'm going to bring it up and let's see. Let me bring it, let me bring up a day in my life. Let's see. Oh, this is good. I'm going to show you my laptop. This is good. All right. Let me bring this up for you. So this is, let me, y'all still with me? All right. I think, uh, uh, the man said, how do you do it? Um, and I don't drink coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker. So people say, oh, lots of caffeine. I don't drink coffee. I do not do that. So this is, this is my Tuesday. Now, th at the top, there's the beginning of the day. And then right when you get down to about the bottom of it, you're getting about to the end of the day. So, so all of that, all of that is my day. All that is my day. That's Tuesday. Okay. Uh, all of that is my day. Um, boom. Here you go. That's Wednesday. Bam. Here you go. Oh, look at this. This is Thursday. Bam. Right? So at the end of the day, um, and I'm not saying that for any other reason except to encourage you that you can get it all done. And again, I didn't list out family and all these different things. I didn't list out all of that stuff. Um, but, but you can get it done. All right. I saw a couple of, would it be awesome if you did a day in the life? Yes. I'm actually, we're going to do something for that. I got something for you for that. So anyway, guys, much love to you. So do you sleep? You know, I've done that a few times. Um, no, I, I do. Um, and I get, I get plenty of rest. I have to eat rest. I eat rest. Ha! Eat rest. I guess I'm tired. huh? I have to rest. I have to rest. And I do rest, um, and that's and it's color coordinated. Oh yes, listen, I'm an organized man. I I loathe disorder and disorganization. 
anybody knows anything about me, it's going to be a checklist. It's going to be colors. Every color means something different in the calendar. Um, the alerts pop up. Oh, no. I do not de disorder. I do not just, ooh, let's wake up and see what the Lord wants me to do. Mm -mm, mm -mm. We planned it out so we know what the Lord wants. Right? Uh, can you post how you plan your day? I, I will... Um, I will do that. That's a great thing. I appreciate that. God bless you. That's a great idea. So I'm going to do that. But again, those three things, schedule everything, maximize downtime, and don't say you don't have enough time. It is. Somebody says time to rest. Now, it is time to rest because I'm not even making coherent sentences. So y'all pray that weather is good in Denver in the morning. Somebody says, I'm going to stop complaining about my schedule. Yes, don't do that. That's not to mention when people have emergencies. Like, if, 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 you know, if there's a traumatic situation that happens to a harvester, uh, where it is brought to my attention in my office, you know, I, I'm a hands-on shepherd. I'm a shepherd that loves his people. So I can't deal with every situation myself, but certain situations, I absolutely um, will, will, you know, um, will, you know, uh, participate in response to that. All right. All kind of liaison and it goes on with state. And, I mean, there's so much that goes on, so much that happens, but I love it to God be the glory. Love you guys. Have an amazing night. Pray that the weather's good in Denver. And uh, um, again, um, when I looked out my window, everything was good. So praise, hopefully it stays like that. If not, church will still happen. Even if um, in Denver, again, everything is still scheduled as normal. If something changes, please make sure you have our app because we'll communicate it to you that way. Um, and again, somebody says, reminded, daylight savings times. Yes, spring forward, spring forward. I already set my clocks. So it's 1130, basically, mountain time. So. Love you guys. Have an amazing night. Shalom, everybody. All right. If this blessed you, go so. Bishop Foreman number two on the Cash App. Bishop Foreman, B-I-S-H-O-P-F-O-R-E-M-A-N with the number two on the Cash App. You can sow into that. Uh, or you can go to Church for slash give and give that way. Buenos noches. Thank you. Come on. Thank you for my Spanish lesson. Shalom, everybody. Good night. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino Ch -ch -ch that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time <gasps> no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.